0: You're listening to Adam Carriker on The Ticket on 9837 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. On The Ticket. And I am pleased to be joined by a man who steps in and does an awesome job whenever Rico decides to take a few days off. Rico never takes vacation. That doesn't happen. My man, Jake, how you doing, Jake?
1: <laughs> oh, not too bad. Yeah, Rico's uh, his only vacations when he's at work. So, I mean, he was working in Tampa. I hope him and DP are uh, travel day on their way back. So uh, hopefully it was a good time, despite the fact they didn't uh, get the full win. I think they went to the Ludacris concert. So
0: could have been worse Ooh. time. All right. I like that. I, I, I didn't know Ludacris was still doing music. I see him in all these movies, especially the Fast and the Furious. Is he doing new songs or is he just... I don't want to say just but is he is he bringing back the classics when he's doing these at these concerts, do you know?
1: I don't know for sure. I I would assume he's just playing the hits because I haven't heard a new like you, I haven't heard a new ludicrous song in probably in 10 years. But you never know. I always I like that that kind of argument because when you go to a concert, you know, and, and the band has like 10 or 15 hits and they're trying to play their new music, you're just kind of like, "Uh, let's let's play the old stuff. We know why we're here."
0: For sure, for sure. All right, man. Talk to me. It's going to be like a three part question. Talk to me about Nebraska volleyball season. Put your final thoughts on their season. Great season. Uh, tough day yesterday. Obviously, Texas, very good team. Give me your thoughts on Nebraska volleyball. I'm sorry, Nebraska basketball. Men's basketball's fast start, and the women's basketball team's fast start as well. Yeah, I, I think for volleyball, obviously, there's
1: just so much upside, uh, which is crazy for a team that was the number one ranked team overall, uh, only two losses on the season, uh, and it's going to be exciting to see them grow again. John Cook, you you wonder because he's had so many many good teams and 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 had Nebraska in such a good position for so long now and won four titles that it's like, but you still kind of think, is this, is this the best suited, you know, kind of looking three years out that they've had it going. So it's, it's disappointing, obviously losing to Texas. I agree with you. I'm a permanent horns down type of guy. So it's kind of frustrating, especially for having to be those folks in Austin that get the win. Uh, but in any case, uh, yeah, Nebraska, Nebraska, Uh, volleyball had a a spectacular season one we'll never forget the memorial stadium opening uh just incredible and 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 could be motivation for young women you know everywhere so just just an incredible season a young team that that played better than what we expected to and kind of got to a point to where maybe you did expect them to win the title but uh just not quite getting it done but a, a great season there nebraska basketball i'm particularly impressed with Uh, their their bounce back ability. I mean, they had that Creighton loss that followed by the Minnesota loss where they, Minnesota lost their best player at the start of that game. And and then Nebraska just squandered a double digit lead. And you could, you know, you could, a weaker team could have just really gotten to the dumps, thought, you know, who are we? What do we, because you're still kind of trying to figure out roles and all that. Uh, But for Nebraska to be able to bounce back, get the win against Michigan State, which looks better now after Michigan State's win over the weekend over Baylor, uh, and then get that win against Kansas State being down at halftime, only allowing 12 points, dominating the boards. Not a particularly good shooting night, but that's not going to happen every night in college basketball. You got to be able to win when you're not knocking down your threes. For Nebraska, at times, it's kind of been the uh, the M.O. of them, or at least what Fred Hoiberg wanted to get them to go in five out shooting a lot of threes Um, And so, you know, I thought at at, at a certain point it would be good if you're not shooting well to get that win. I think that was the best defensive performance, holding the team to 46 points in the Fred Mm -hmm. Hoiberg era. So uh, not all good news in Husker land, but at at least a good day, an enjoyable day yesterday. More pregame for volleyball than anything, but throughout the day for Nebraska men's basketball.
0: Yeah, for sure. And yeah, just another shout out to the ladies basketball team as well. All right they let me see here they've lost their last oh, I'm sorry they've won one let me let me make sure I say that right won their last five games in a row okay including wins over Florida Atlantic Georgia Tech UC Wilmington Michigan State and Southern they got Kansas upcoming so shout out to them on a strong start a fast start to the season all right dude Dylan Riola watch all right I don't know I feel like I'm feel like I'm watching. I don't know how to equate it really well. Everything that's coming into my mind probably isn't appropriate. Basically, Dylan Riola watch is in full alert. What are your thoughts on this? Is he going to commit? What does it mean if he does? What does it mean if he doesn't? What are your thoughts on all this?
1: Well, I think it's it's absolutely huge. I mean, I'm a bigger recruiting guy. I really like to follow it in the in the early two thousands when it really began on on the internet, on the website. So I remember the excitement for Marlon Lucky and, and you know, that two thousand four mm-hmm. class particularly, where we're starting to count in all the stars. And maybe we learned a little bit of a lesson from that class that it doesn't necessarily translate to Uh, most success uh, immediately. But that class did end up being pretty successful over time, just more for Bo Pelini Mm -hmm. than it was for Bill Callahan. Uh, But in any case, um, this is a, this is a program changer. I I think you can say that now I I don't like to get ahead of myself as far as like, you want to see how they look at the college level. um, But this is a guy that football experts, um, former foot, you know, football coaches across the country that are, that are giving out the, these scholarships, um, project this guy to be a star at the next level. And Nebraska has had some guys that were pretty good or, you know, pretty, you know, here and there in the Big Ten. But it's been a while since you have a star at that all-important quarterback position. I'm fascinated to see how all this plays out because there's so many moving parts um, that if he does come in, is he, you know, you don't want to say handed the job, but how long? I mean, it's going to be hard to keep him out of, you know, at least getting some playing time. Um, all the NIL that that's kind of considered into this, you know, would that be a factor in playing time at some point for somebody? It, it, it's just fascinating. Uh, uh, the flip side of that, if they, if they don't get them, I'm, I'm really worried if they don't get them at the last minute, um, where you're at, because there, there's a lot of these transfer portal quarterbacks have already kind of moved on. Maybe you could still reach out, uh, to Cam Ward, um, or, or somebody like that, but, They've put all their eggs in this basket. It seems like they've they've kind of moved, moved Kyle McCord off um, so that they could make room for Dylan Riolà. Uh, and if it doesn't end up happening at the, at the last minute, uh, you're basically stuck with what you had last year. And then Daniel Kalen coming in. Um, I still think they'd go and get somebody in the portal, but I don't think it would be as good as Kyle McCord. Um, so it would just be it would it would be a move that would set Nebraska's program back a little bit. Um, and so, I mean, that's why this this whole thing is, is just fascinating, because it, it could either do that or just spring load it forward. I always kind of think about those. Maybe it's, it wouldn't be as important maybe for 2024 to get Dylan Raiola, but for like 20, 2025 and 2026, that's when you, you could start seeing Nebraska make a, a significant push back to being the Nebraska of old.
0: You make a great point. It's, it is kind of all the like all their eggs are in one basket. It's in the Dylan Raiola basket. If he comes, man, it's going to be uh, rightfully so, very exciting. If he doesn't, sorry. All right, we, no, no, Kyle McCord, no Dylan Raiola. Excited Daniel's coming, but it's a lot of similar to last year. And, you know, you'd like to think the Harburg would be better and Purdy would be better, and he's coming off an injury and a surgery and things of that nature, and he's clearly got the talent, didn't get a lot of reps. Harburg didn't have a lot of reps two years ago under the previous regime. So, you know, you'd like to think that either way, if there are two of our main quarterbacks next year, they'd be a lot better, but it's one of those things where if Dylan comes, you know, and I still think either way, we need some sort of a transfer portal quarterback. You need some sort of a veteran presence in that quarterback room and somebody with a little bit more experience because, I mean, Harburg doesn't have a ton. Purdy doesn't have no, – none of them would have a ton at all. Even if you added them all together, I don't even think they have a full season under their belt, especially with you know, to them still being in high school right now. So I do think that that's important, and I think that that matters. All right, what did you think of my 12-team college football playoff, my predictions, what would have happened – had it happen this year what, what were your thoughts on that
1: yeah I thought that was a good exhibition to kind of put together uh, I'll look forward to it next year I've said this and I don't know how big of a fan you are about the expansion I kind of like traditional college football where every every regular season game kind of feels like a playoff game I understand that you know the money that can be raised and the excitement of a playoff um, but you know I, I, I've, I've lost that battle so I can't keep fighting my old uh, hope for the BCS to, era to come back. So uh, the 12-team playoff, I'm, I'm looking forward to. I, I am interested that you pretty much came back to the final four teams, and that's kind of what I kind of think is going to happen with these 12-team playoffs is, listen, most years, there's a pretty definitive two best teams or four best teams, or, you know, sometimes we quabble over the fifth best team or sixth best team, but there's a rarely a year where I'm thinking the ninth best team has much of a chance against the second or third best team, mostly because they've already played in a conference championship game or earlier in the season or something like that. Um, but I do think that it would be a, a, a primarily a chalk type of tournament. I think it will be moving forward. Um, but I, I, I am intrigued I, because I do think I, I, there's part of me that wants to buy in, believe in Michigan, um, just for the Big Ten's sake. But I'm a little bit I'm a little bit, I guess, analytical in that if I look back, this has been a primarily SEC tournament. It's tough to count Alabama out uh, when they're in it, and so I can't wait. I'm I'm fascinated for that matchup. But I guess from from your uh, your 12 team playoff, that's what I kind of noted. Was like, okay, we're just we're we're kind of back to where you start with a 14 playoff. So I don't know if we need expansion. We're just doing it for fun. That's fine with me, I suppose.
0: Dude, we could literally talk about this for the rest of the show. I have all sorts of thoughts on the 14 team playoff versus the BCS versus a 6 or an 8 team or a 12 team or a 16.
1: What's so special about Hero Bread soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas?
0: These ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at hero.co. Team play I the reason I've never really expressed my thoughts is because it would take so long. I haven't had like, I could take a full hour on it. So I I'm what, kind of waiting to like the off season when there's a little bit more of a lull and I can just take a full hour on it to kind of put a brief synopsis on. I agree with you very rarely in the playoff area has era. Has there been more than two teams? You think back to last year, TCU didn't win the big 12 title. Ohio state didn't win the big 10 title. So right away, you could have had two teams right there. And I know, Michigan got upset by TCU, but anybody can beat anybody on any given day, and how'd that work out for them versus Georgia? And you go all the way back to 14, the first year of the playoff, there's only one year where I can think that maybe more than two teams deserve to be in, and that was the first year when number four Ohio State, okay, with their third-string quarterback, upset Alabama, and then they dominated Oregon in the national championship game, but at least they had one loss or less, okay, and they had won a Big Ten championship. Even Alabama, the year they won it from the four slot, I think they, they beat Clemson, and they beat Georgia in the championship that year. They didn't win the SEC, and they didn't even play in the SEC title game. And I remember making a joke on social media. Hey, Bama earned their way in by sitting at home on their butts, eating their mama's Christmas cookies and watching other teams <laughs> you know, fall short, and then they got in. And so I'm, I'm just sick and tired of Bama getting shot after shot after shot after shot. You go back, was it 09? I think it was 11, because 09, I think Bama beat Texas, and that was a legit win yeah. for them. But I think it was 11 when they replayed LSU. After they'd already lost to LSU. I'm just yeah, I'm yeah. tired of these mulligans for them. So anyways, again, I could go on and on forever. I do remember the BCS. You know, the computers drove people nuts. Now it's the people in the committee driving people nuts. You know, it's kind of one of those things where I look at this list. And I look at these eight teams. I look at these 12 teams. And to me, I think the biggest conundrum we have every year, I'm with you, more often than not, it's like two teams. It's not very often, was it... Was it 04 that you had USC, LSU, and uh, Auburn all yeah. undefeated? Yep. And then USC and I, I think LSU split it that year. I think I, maybe that was 03. Anyways, I digress. My point is this the biggest conundrum we have with the 14 playoff is the best versus the most deserving. And so as I look at this eight team, I'm like, man, you know, Michigan, Washington, Texas, Alabama, Florida State, Georgia, Ohio State, Oregon. What if that was the field? Other than Oregon, You know, I could argue that Ohio State's better than Washington. They're just in a tougher conference. I could argue that Georgia is better. I predicted Texas to beat Georgia, but I I can also say, hey, Georgia's got one loss, and the SEC is definitely tougher than the Big 12. So what if they actually played it on out? And then I think the ultimate best versus deserving argument was Bama versus Florida State. So for me, I think almost eight would kind of solve all those issues. You could also go top six again. I'm supposed to be asking you questions. I went off on a no, tangent because this is something I could talk for hours about. <laughs> if it was if it was up to you, would it be the old BCS top two? The one thing I do miss, it drives me nuts, is that bowl games don't matter. Yeah. There should be some sort of a fine. There should be a penalty. To me, you're not fully honoring your contract, so how do you get out of it without some sort of repercussions? How do you not have to give some NIL money back? It drives me nuts that bowl games don't matter, and there's been no accountability whatsoever. It was just like, my guy, Christian McCaffrey, I know his dad, was like, hey, I'm out, and then everybody else said, well, we're out too, and there's never been any accountability. But back to a question for you. Sorry about all this. If it was up to you, would it be two teams, four teams, six teams, twelve teams, eighteen teams, ninety-four teams? What would it be? How would your <laughs> playoff scenario look? Yeah,
1: you know, for me, I would go back to two teams, and there's no perfect system. The perfect system is to wait till the regular season's over and build your own playoff year by year, because that that'd be the only way to mm-hmm. do it. But now you wouldn't be going into eighteen playoffs. You'd you'd. Choose, two or four or whatever it might be. Um, but to me, that's that's what it was. And and I do feel bad for those teams. I mean, Penn State 94, anytime you go undefeated and you don't have a chance at a championship similar to Florida State this year, something doesn't quite sit right with me with that. But that was, you know, that's why I don't feel bad for the fifth team that's left out or, or going to be the 13th team that left out or whatever. Because when I grew up, college football was you better go undefeated, and if you don't, then you don't have a complaint about missing out on the championship you might get lucky there might be happen to be this year that a one loss team does get in and you'll be t- picked as that one loss team um, but i just loved that and and, and you know beck you know that was back when nebraska was trying to have undefeated seasons and it's just every the weight of every game um and, and 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 even bigger like the upsets what i love about college football is the upsets i mean my goodness uh, and, I mean, those people rushing the field and what it means and for the rest of the season and all that. And now you kind of go into next year and beyond. And, you know, the upset's kind of like it's big for that Saturday. But, you know, that if you upset Ohio State, they're still probably going to make the playoff. If you upset Alabama, they'll still probably make the playoffs. So it's not quite as big. And then you look at a, a matchup like Ohio State-Michigan this year, like everything was on the line. It, it's one, you know, I think it was two versus three. But, you know, it was the Big Ten title and the playoffs and everything. And you put that same scenario in the next year and it's just, well, you might want to lose this game so you don't have to play that extra one. It's not going to help with home field, but you know, mm-hmm. it's it, you could argue that it would be more beneficial to lose that game.
0: You make a great point. And, and here's what college football is turning into. The, the transfer portal is free agency and... It's turning into pretty much the NFL. And now, in all fairness, some of these conferences, and I would do the conferences differently. I mean, they just oh, yeah. make me college football commissioner, and I'll fix everything, okay? <laughs> I'm just, I'm just going to put it out there. Just Adam Carricker for college football commissioner. Let's get it rolling. Let's get it trending. Okay, I'll fix everything. But you need, I think you need someone who cares about the sport as a whole rather than all these individual conference commissioners who care about their conference. And that's one of the biggest problems. Look at boxing. That's why boxing is no longer as big as it was, and UFC's taken over. They've got Dana White overseeing everything in the UFC as in boxing. They've got all these different divisions, so to speak, and it's not what it once was, and I just don't want that for college football. But like you said, Michigan-Ohio State, they play next year. Okay, well, we're probably going to play again the next week You know, for the Big Ten Championship with no divisions, and then we might yeah. see each other again in the playoff. And I, I, will, I will never forget the year the Patriots went undefeated. Okay. And I remember multiple things about that year. The Giants who won the Super Bowl that year were nine and seven. Okay. When the Patriots essentially went 18 and 0 going into the Super Bowl it meant nothing. Nine and seven. Okay. And the Patriots had beaten the Giants earlier that year in New York. I think it was week 16 or 17. So that game didn't matter at all. I also remember the Giants who got smoked by the Cowboys twice that year, got a third chance at the Cowboys, beat them in the playoffs. And then that was all that mattered. So it rendered the the regular season completely mute. And I've been in meetings where Kyle Shanahan, I'm sorry. Um, uh, what's his dad? Not Kyle. What's his dad? I've only played for the guy. <laughs> yeah, um, Mike Shanahan. Mike Shanahan. Good grief. I kept wanting to say Mark, and I knew that wasn't right. Where Mike would stand up in front of us, and he goes, I don't, I don't care, okay, about anything except getting into the second season. He always called it the second season because you never know what's going to happen once you get into the playoffs. I don't care for the one seed. At that time, there was one through six in the NFC, or six. As long as we get in, It's a complete new season and nothing before that happened. So I've sat in meetings like that too. All right, Jake, final thought, final question. Is Dylan Raiola coming? It, all the pressure's on you. Everyone <laughs> wants to know. Is he coming? What's your prediction? What's your prediction?
1: If I had to bet, it would be that, that he does end up here. It looks like all, you know, if you kind of follow along the tea leaves, it looks like that that would probably uh, be what lines up. It doesn't make much sense to, to visit here unless he really just wants to troll Nebraska, which I don't know if that's in the cards. Um, so I feel good about him uh, coming to Nebraska. I'll feel better when, it, when it's official.
0: I'm with you. And it's one of those things where I, I think it's going to be, I'm just going to go out on a limb, okay? I think it's going to be a big Wednesday. That's what I think. I I do predict Dylan comes, okay? I'm not guaranteeing it. I'm not one of those guys that's like, he's definitely coming. I'll I'll believe it when I see it, but I predict he comes. And there were so many cryptic tweets yesterday. Matt Rule was leading the charge in all these cryptic tweets, and I think the last one I saw was Walter Payton leaping that over track. the goal line. Like, did we get the Oregon running back? Is, is, is that what that means? I mean, or is Walter Payton – is he, is he, is he back from the dead? Is that who we got the transfer portal? Like what's going on here? And so for me, I, I just get this feeling that it's going to be a big Wednesday and they're kind of waiting until Wednesday. Now it could be completely and utterly wrong. And I sound like an idiot. I don't know, but those, that's just my prediction as well. So, Hey, so we're doing this a little bit different, but you're kind of the guy in charge today. I've got one question for the people's segment here. What if I answer that question? Then we call it a wrap. How's that sound? Yeah, that, that works. That works. All right, so the Notorious B.I.B. says, Adam, and Jake, you should answer this too. If the Natty comes down to Michigan, Texas, who do you root for? Has to be Michigan, right? Well, yeah, it's always horns down. I mean, are you kidding me? Yes, it's uh, how insufferable would Texas fans be if they win the Volleyball National Championship and the Football National Championship? Oh, and they beat Alabama in the process because they're going to talk about that like that was the national title. Of course it's Michigan. <laughs> Mostly anti-Texas and a little bit of pro Big 10. What do you think, Jake? Yeah, I'm so entertained
1: by Jim Harbaugh. I know it's it's not probably the cleanest program that's ever been run, but I'm at least entertained by it. I get the the the, the distaste for for Michigan, but Texas is just in my blood. I hate Texas and they've sp- they've <laughs> yep. ruined plenty of my Saturday afternoons before. I will say this, when they were bad for those several years, there was something missing in college football. I do like them to be good so that I can cheer against them, but it's it's a it's a weird it's a weird relationship because I am cheering heavily against them uh, once they are good so uh, I'd definitely go with Michigan there.
0: There's something college football is better okay when Texas is better not great but better when Nebraska is good college football is better when I miss Miami honestly yeah. being better than they are right now. And I'm happy to see Florida State back. And I kind of – I missed Florida and Florida State always being like a top five matchup every year when I was growing up. And Miami, Florida State when I was real young. Oh, yeah. Okay, Charlie Ward, Warren Sapp going at it back in the day. So when when the big-name programs are doing better, I do think it is better. For college football, just Texas, don't do too good. Okay, (laughs) that's all I got. All right, uh, don't go anywhere, ladies and gentlemen. I – I'm going to get some Christmas shopping done. But Jake and the rest of Night 3.7 the crew, are going to keep holding it down. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Until next time, go big red. And always remember, the prototype.